Good evening, everyone. Uh, this is Riggs Eckleberry, Water is the New Gold. And as people start joining, I'm going to go ahead and do the, the intro stuff. And uh, Ken Berenger is with me, a voice on the radio. And we're back. And we're back. So yes, Water is the New Gold. We have a new splash motif for our PowerPoint. It is increasingly, uh, looks like it's well, it's vital, scarce, and recession-proof. We are uh, briefing number 106, uh, mid-April. And so uh, we're just moving right along here into the second quarter. Okay, so um, quick safe harbor statement, of course. As you know, um, we try and do our best to, to guide you straight. And um, what actually happens could ma differ materially. All right, so I'm going to play a quick video here. Um, this will take you back a bit because it was an actual podcast that I shot back in um, September. And it should be kind of fun because a lot of it, it was pretty prophetic. So let's take a look. Riggs Eckleberry is uniquely qualified to ride the huge wave of do-it-yourself water treatment that is transforming industry, which is really a niche, right? Riggs came to the water industry from a quarter century in high technology, specializing in commercializing breakthrough technologies. And as we go through this COVID pandemic, it's really interesting to understand what are some of the commodities that are going to be affected? How are you going to be affected by what's happening in retail, the changes with industry, and the fact that part of the way we're adapting is to become less of a consumer society? If we work more from home, there's not such a need for makeup or new clothing. And this is shifting the way that the world is going to operate. So Riggs is going to give you an insight as to what's happening below the surface of the earth with his years of experience. So I'm thrilled to share this conversation with you. So let's get to it. What I'm more concerned about, Rocket, is the basic commodities, right? And we are, Origin Clear, my company, we're in water. And what we've seen, I came out of high tech, so I was interested in disruption. And the long story that I won't bore you with, I ended up running a water company that's public and trying to change things because I'm a disruptor, that's what I do, and finding that the water industry does not want to be changed. And it's, but it's just getting worse and worse gradually. So what do we do? And that's where January, February for us was intense because we realized we had to do something and we attacked the most important part of it, of course, which is if you can't change the monolithic, if you can't change the big, change the small, right? So there's a trend towards people doing self-treatment. A brewery that, that wants to increase its capacity finds the local water district says, nope, don't have the capacity, never will, goodbye, you know, truck it somewhere else. And they instead buy the, you know, build their own self-treatment system and now they're independent and they can recycle, all kinds of good things happen. And so now all of a sudden you have independent water independence, micro utilities. But let's talk quickly about water. If you go to the Environmental, Environmental Working Group website, ewg.org, you will put in your zip code and you find out what's in your water and you'll go, oh my gosh, my water is not great. Now, municipality will say, well, I'm, we're delivering water to the requirements and it's true that it will not immediately kill you, right? It doesn't have typhus and stuff in it. It's disinfected, but it has all kinds of weird things that whatever, it, it's not a good picture. So 
we have to more and more take responsibility for water ourselves, water purification incoming, and also treating the wastewater because more and more businesses are being told by the municipalities, give us treated water, don't give us dirty water, we can't handle it. So failure of infrastructure. I think, Rock, that the biggest problem in America is that years ago we became a pure consuming um, in, in, uh, economy stopped manufacturing, stopped uh, building infrastructure, and kind of just coasted, right? We're just like, hey, we'll consume, people will sell stuff to consume, and by the way, the manufacturing is somewhere else. You know, tried to build a high-speed railway in California, now nah, we'll just do the self-driving car. Why? Because the freeways are already there, so why not just do the self-driving car? Makes sense in a way, but it's also a symptom that we've, we've moved away from that ability to do things ourselves. And I think that's the biggest shift in the economy is away from consumption because we're definitely being retrained to consume less to more basic building and construction. But the, it's gonna be micro infrastructure. Look at Fort Lauderdale, Look, well, the Miami-Dade has over 100,000 septic tanks because they never bothered to build sewage systems when they were expanding back in the 20s. And so good luck tearing up streets for 20 years and where are you gonna get the money? Well, you can do local, you can just give a rebate for each one of those locations to create a self-treatment system. So more and more local responsibility, uh, building your own stuff, your own solar system, your own, it's all going down to a self-reliance thing, which is in a way kind of refreshing. Yeah. The government's no longer doing things for us, which we thought they would do in the 50s. Now like, eh, I don't think so. That show was was recorded, I think, September 20th, and um, it's fi it finally appeared this week. So I'm not actually just randomly uh, playing something here. This was um, this actually appeared uh, finally this week. The fact is that we have a lot of decentralization happening, and this I was discussing with relation to, to Miami Dade, and you're going to see more of that happen uh, late, later in this show. All right. What's this Plimsoll? Well, it turns out that Plimsoll is an, an, an analysis firm and uh, market intelligence. And uh, what happened this week? We were awarded a strong mar a rating in a new market report. And so as we operate in the agricultural space, well, there's 14 of our rivals that are in real financial danger. I haven't spent the $669 to buy this uh, report, but we are rated as strong and well-placed to succeed in 2021. So that's cool news, isn't it? And doesn't look like we're vulnerable to take over either. So that's excellent. Let's continue now. It was a big news for new, a big week for news. We had news on both sides, the water on demand side and also the, what we call dot tech these days. What we've done is, as I've told you in, in past um, uh, reports, we've pushed all of our technology activities and our subsidiaries, et cetera, into originclear.tech. And that's going to go live sometime in the next week or so. And you'll see the website come together as being water on demand, fintech for clean water. And so the first um, announcement was exactly that, launching water on demand, uh, fintech to accelerate water treatment by private businesses. And it really headlined the continuing drop in Fed spending on water, which I fear is not stopping anytime soon. We talk a lot about the infrastructure uh, bill, but it seems that the infrastructure bill has a lot to do with transfer payments. Um, and so it's not, not great. 
but we, we can always hope. And we, it talks about this design, build, own, operate model, which is what the water uh, industry knows it as completely outsourced water treatment and paying on the meter. And this is a risk that smart managers will outsource. So, you know, we gave the uh, analogy of what happens with uh, websites. None of us have a server in-house running our website. It's done on a service level agreement or SLA level. And the equivalent, of course, is these water purchase agreements. So this was kind of like a first announcement of our new business model. But meanwhile, our progressive water treatment division in Texas continued to do a bang up job. And they came out with a great piece of technology called Bronc Boost, the Texas sized booster pump station. And this is really important because uh, last week we covered uh, Piney Point in Tampa with big, big um, dumps of toxic water. In fact, Piney Point lately has now been shut down, but their solution is not to dewater and clean up like they should. Their solution is to inject it all deep in the ground where it will never show up again. Nonetheless, uh, we have a really great endorsement of this huge industrial grade pumping system from Consolidated Water Solutions. And you'll get to see the video in a second. And basically this thing cranks 500 gallons per minute. And it is really, really needed in scenarios like this Piney Point situation. All right, so let's take a look at um, what our friend uh, Jim had to say. I'm Tom Marchesello at Origin Clear. I'm the Chief Operating Officer, and we had the pleasure of talking to Jim Davis at Consolidated. I'm Jim Davis with Consolidated Water Solutions. I'm an account manager, and I focus on project work. And we did a project, several projects with PWT, but most recently we did a project where the customer, a mining company, wanted to dewater their tailing storage facility. And we used the pump booster systems that PWT utilizes to feed both ultrafiltration uh, the first stage, reverse osmosis, and the second stage, reverse osmosis. We needed a system that would maintain an even pressure and flow going in, even though the uh, day tanks behind them might fluctuate, and we need something reliable that wouldn't trip out, and it's worked very well. They've had no problems with these pumped or boost systems. We're really pushing the, the booster pump markets out there. Why is it that you feel this kind of a product really has a great niche in the market, not just for this product, but also other areas. Like what does it really do for you guys and for your customers? Well, it gives us a way to reliably feed us a certain pressure and pressure is very important that these systems like an RO likes to have at least 30 PSI and, and the ultrafiltration requires a certain amount of pressure to, to push through. And this just smooths out the, the operation. Everything balances out when you have this even pressure. You don't have tanks going dry and you don't have things tripping out. If you try to put these systems all together without a brake tank, without a, a pump boost system like progressive water treatment makes, you run the risk of tripping out with the slightest pressure variance. And this could be quite irritating if guys have to go out at, uh, at two o'clock in the morning and, and reset their system. So uh, we've avoided this by making it a simple and safe system with a good pump boost system. And this, this is uh, the, what the customer has ordered again, which means they're very happy with it. Jim's uh, the engineer on projects. He's the process guy. So Jim and I started working together because we're both process folks. And uh, we started uh, bidding and doing some projects together. We've got a, a really good history, a working history of working together. We are integrators and we do put pieces of equipment together to get a smooth system. And we found that uh, PWT is great at if we need custom work, 
And uh, they've been a great partner to help us with various ancillary systems associated with these total systems. We've really appreciated the support. We've had real good success, real good quality, and, and their ability to help us integrate things is, is greatly appreciated. A kind of a niche that we've also developed that we've worked with you on, Jim, is um, a number of containerized systems. Yeah, containerized systems are very important, uh, both to these uh, what you call mine remediation companies that go in and take care of something for them, and also for the mining companies themselves to move things around when they hit, when their needs change. So yes, containerized systems are are coming on as uh, you know something that the customer is looking for. That's fantastic. Thanks a bunch, Jim. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Jim. There's a reason why I'm playing this um, because you know we would not have the the confidence that we could handle this kind of water on demand, which is a money for money play. It's all very well to have money to invest in equipment that you put out at the customer site, but if you're not able to do it reliably, then you could get in real trouble. We have in Progressive Water a 20-year-old company um, that uh, we bought, you know, back in 2015 um, that. Uh, has this amazing reputation for integrity and consolidated, of course, is one of our main partners. And it's really great to know that they have this confidence in us and that this Bronc Boost is such a powerful piece of equipment. Okay, so um, that's super cool. And I'm going to now move right along here. A really interesting report. And you know, it's hard to find good analysis on the water industry as it's lagging a bit in terms of what, you know, what's hip. So the action is happening. We find ourselves to be very much of a pioneer. Let's take a look at what they're saying in a related space called the built environment. Well, what is the built environment? Uh, let's, let's take a look at that. I came across a report by Shadow Ventures, uh, why tech investors are investing in the built environment. This is very interesting. It's actually one of the world's largest asset classes, and it also contributes greatly to our gross domestic product, 4%. It's also the second least digitized sector in the world. So it's very, very un-tech, yet it's at the same time huge. So let's go ahead and take a look at the actual space. We can see that it's way behind, it's huge, it's wasteful. It makes me think exactly of water. What are the what are the, some of the trends? Well, I actually got a hold of the report for you, so I'll go ahead and run it. Okay, so this is the report from Shadow Ventures and um, the built environment investment thesis. So the built world is basically real estate, construction, architecture, and engineering, and it is huge. And you'll see that that water is mentioned to a small degree here, but this is primarily about stuff that is built. So it's a built, you know, huge world, $40 trillion. It's uh, very large. Interestingly enough, there's not a heck of a lot of being spent on technology and R&D and is the second least digitized sector in the world. All right, and here's an interesting thing. 68% of the world's population is projected to live in urban areas by 2050, many countries, blah, blah, blah. And they will need, of course, much infrastructure, including water. So again, the message I've been saying for years now, which is infrastructure is in real trouble, is echoed in this presentation. What is a non-consensus market? It means that people don't agree that it's 
<laughs> the thing to invest in, right? For example, remember when Bitcoin was like really, really crazy? Now, of course, everybody agrees it's wonderful. So non-consensus means before people think it's great. Productivity has declined in construction. The amount of spending in R&D and innovation is very low in real estate and construction. And also the amount of venture capital in the built world is very small. So again, this echoes because water is part of the built world. This is part of the situation. We are operating right now, origin clear and water on demand in a non-consensus space. In other words, we're just nuts. The reason why this is on the verge of large-scale disruption is, again, thinning margins. There's a crisis to innovate. And this is where we feel that water on demand is going to dramatically help with the margins so that water companies can deal more effectively with the need to grow. The workers' problem, there's a silver tsunami, quote-unquote, in the water industry, similar thing. And uh, productivity, terrible. There's a big environmental crisis. We know that. Um, all kinds of upgrades needed in buildings and treatment and everything. And now here's the good news. There's more and more technology available. And this is really interesting. And finally, there's all kinds of interesting advancements and things like 3D printing, uh, autonomous equipment, all the sensors we need and so forth. So this is a great moment for what's called the built world. Again, problems, I won't go into them. It's pretty much the same stuff that uh, we've discussed. Payment issues. Again, this is something that we identified as the key issue in water, which is how do we fund the water projects? And if we can provide a pay, you know, a basically a water equipment as a service, then we solve a major problem in the water industry. All right, so again, uh, the technology is to, uh, to automate all these things. The investment scope for this particular venture capital firm is in all these interesting areas and, um, which is really important stuff, obviously. And there is a growing, this is, we're early, right? It's early on. The amount of money that's gone into the space is relatively small compared to, for example, high tech. And, but nonetheless, it's been growing very, very fast. Look at the growth just between 2017 and 2018, tripling of the venture funding in these, um, in this built world. And, real estate investments that will make uh, be made is fairly large. So people are investing in the built world. Again, you see these are the, the, the trends. It's obvious what's going on here. This is some of the exit multiples that got achieved. <laughs> Stuff looks really good. Of course, Zillow, you know, Zillow is Zillow. I'm, I'm not gonna try and confuse this space with water specifically. This is a lot wider and bigger, but it shows that there's a lot of activity going on in this real world environment. Um, innovation to save the planet. Climate change is the defining issue of our lifetimes. And this is very, very important because people may disagree about climate change, but it's for sure that we have problems with water tables. We have problems with saltwater intrusion. We have a, a tremendous amount of issues. And there is definitely, you know, buildings are a major piece of the picture. And so climate risk is an important risk to manage and this absolutely applies to water. All right, so um, just getting started. Again, more of these numbers, I won't bore you with them because this is not exactly water, but it's very, very close indeed. Now, why now for, for green building tech, which again tells us that we wanna be doing things for green buildings that relate to water. And that is that institutional investors are starting to move into the space and 
about $36 billion has been invested in climate tech in 2019 alone. Sector trends. Now, the goal of net zero, quote unquote, is very important for buildings in that buildings are supposed to be not damaging the environment. In other words, they can't be parasites. They have to be net zero, which means uh, designs that actually, you know, for example, let's say you take um, heat and you turn it into cooling. Uh, you know, you take heat, turn it into steam, which, turn, which, which runs uh, air conditioning, for example, things like that. There's all kinds of interesting things that can be done. And there's also water conservation here. And there's, you'll see there's a brief mention of a couple of water companies that I'll talk about to give you some um, context here. And finally, the corporate carbon management. And I won't get into the carbon stuff. That's a bit beyond the scope of this discussion. But basically, it also talks about, quote unquote, new normal. And that is uh, impacting big time. Um, technology has gone from being a nice to have to a must have. And that I think is very, very true of what's happening in water. Now, as we know, the Biden administration has stated they want to upgrade 4 million buildings across the country, and this is huge. And it's also every part, you know, not just the, 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 the package, the envelope, but every part of the building, and how does that work? And look at how old half of the buildings are. They were built, you know, over the 40 years between 60 and 2000. That makes them very, very old, you know, as old as 60, more than 60 years old in some cases. And there is a growth in demand for market, the marketplace of green. Now, I'm not going to get into all the details, but very, very important to discuss the Internet of Things, industrial Internet of Things, which directly is needed for us in the water space. This venture capitalist talks about all the different um, startups that, that they've been involved with. There's a couple over here, bottom left. Epic has been um, working to try and decentralize water treatment for municipalities. In other words, help municipalities shift the load to local buildings. And Kairos is a leak detection technology. So this is good. It's only a beginning. As you can tell, it should be a much larger piece of it, but it is appearing on the radar. So that's, that's what these shadow venture peoples have, people have done. And I think they're doing a fine job, excellent uh, presentation for which we thank them. I'm going to move right along here. I wanted to talk a little bit about how we are gearing up to fund water on demand. So let's, why don't we cover that? Ken, it's fascinating, isn't it, about this uh, built environment? You know, it, it's funny if you close your eyes, if you don't look at the PowerPoint, you just listen to the things that you're talking about. It, these are the things we discuss in strategy sessions in a completely I, I, you know, that's the first time I'm hearing this and I'm going, holy smokes. Right. You know, you, you might be onto a good idea if other people are thinking of the exact same thing in a different space. Maybe you're onto something. So that, that's certainly encouraging. It's, it's amazing. And um, again, technology is coming into the built environment and that's huge. And then I'm going to be looking for your, a little bit of your input, Ken, also, because we basically are looking at four major ways we are going to be using. We have this amazing uh, investor base that is helping us, first of all, build capability. There's this basic offer that we have that, that, that Ken talks about every single day to potential investors with the double-digit dividends, choose when to redeem your stock, triple warrants. And that is needed because we're going to be building out. It's all very well to have funding to get equipment done, 
but then you have to be able to track product productivity, software metering, put personnel on site, add more staff, et cetera. So that is needed on an ongoing basis. That is what we call, this is the outgoing series R, which is, was very good um, going into what's now called the series U. Then there is the investment in a water on demand unit. And that is the special purpose entities. The investment required is a million dollars minimum. A lot of people are, are contributing assets. That's already started to happen. Um, we'll take assets, but you know, obviously cash is great, but we'll work with the assets. Again, 100% stock redemption with a double warrant and earning a percentage of the proceeds from the water on demand fund with a secured creditor position on that fund. And again, for the use of proceeds there is the funding of the equipment for the rental or pay-per use. Riggs, I wanna jump in here. I had two conversations in the last two days. You know, we talk about real estate as assets. I talked to two fairly significant oil and gas investors that are really, you know, they're, they're kind of down and, you know, they're, they're, they're frustrated mm-hmm. with uh, the oil and gas. And I think there's a real appetite for a asset-based interest-bearing investment in that area. And I, I think we're going to see more and more people who want to diversify out of oil and gas, not, not abandon it, but kind of offload uh, allowing that to come back. Um, and, and I think we're going to see a lot of folks in that space have a keen interest in this because they do dovetail, right? You know, there's going to be a lot of water work in the oil and gas industry mm-hmm. as well. So it might also be an in for people who are more on the, op- on the operational side as well. But those were two discussions I had just in the last two days. Fascinating. Well, you know, basically commodity um, diversification is a very good idea these days. And we've got real estate investors who are coming from that built world and recognizing that water is a huge piece of the action. They see the water problems and they also see the water rates rising dramatically. And so there's a real opportunity there. So there's a third category here, which is just hitting our radar now. And this is called Reg CF, which is, stands for crowdfunding. Reg CF enables us to do a series of these special purpose entities that are funded maximum $5 million. They're fast. I'm thinking about a $1,000 minimum investment. This is widely marketed. And we see doing a stock plus warrant type proposition, plus again, a profit share. And this does the same thing as number two, but it's for unaccredited investors. Very interesting. And finally, the return of our Regulation A plus offering that that, um, became obsolete on the 27th of March uh, because it became a year old and we're going to come back in, uh, but we're going to add a stock redemption feature, which is going to be very useful. And we hope to enable the people who invested in last year's offering to roll over into this one. And what this is good for is a larger amount of money. It'll run all year long. And it's going to be to build uh, management teams, operation teams, facilities, and acquire companies. We need to do some acquisitions to build capabilities as a, well, to buy capability as opposed to building it. So those are the, this is the, the, the layout. This is going to be a lot of hard work. Fortunately, we have a growing investment banking team. And, um, and of course, Ken is doing a masterful job. He is the man who has the full picture on these investing options, and he's there to discuss them. So, Ken, I think that you've got, you know, if we're looking here at what you're going to have available 
it's going to be very interesting. You and your team, Gary and Charles, and and more as you need them to put people into these uh, various instruments. It's going to be a way that people can pretty much choose how they invest in this fast-growing asset. Yeah, I think the flexibility is also really a, a, a delightful problem to have. Generally, <laughs> in my business, it's kind of like, well, this is what it is, and you know. Uh, <clears throat> You're, you're basically trying to assure people that it's the right move. I think having four distinct different types of platforms will really be able to, there'll be something for everybody in here. I mean, the story itself, what we're doing is that important. Finding a person who can find a good comfort entry level is, is I, think we've, I think we've unlocked that with this. Love it. Love it. So um, again, I wanted to encourage everyone to simply put ken in your browser, have a discussion with him. The current offerings are rolling over into the new, a new uh, format. And uh, if you're interested at all, you should definitely discuss it with Ken. Okay, next week, the Ponsta. What is the Ponsta? Well, it is our trailer park uh, solution. And we sold a Ponsta for mobile home parks. It is now going to be rolling out and we're going to see if we can get some interviews and so forth. Speaking of interviews, um, we're going to start interviewing our investors as they invest because we're very interested in their points of view and you'll get to see excerpts every week. With that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for tonight. It's been a, another fun-filled uh, discussion. Daryl Polston, your oil and gas investors are looking at sustainability bonds. Well, that's also very good. I would, I would argue that, that uh, water is really proving to be the ultimate sustainable space. Um, it is, quote unquote, non-consensus for a lot of people, but that's where all of the gains are. I kick myself to this day for having not paid attention to Bitcoin 10 years ago. I'm just, well, it, it was never known around 10 years ago, but, you know, when it started in the early, early How about six months ago? <laughs> stop, please stop. <laughs> But there's an opportunity really to do, um, you know, generational transformation, both of the water industry and our own portfolios. Bob wants to know if the annual report's out yet. And I have to tell you, it is not. We are hours away from it coming out. And thank you all. Adam Wagner wants to know, I'm familiar with investing and buying stocks, but I'm not sure familiar with the warrant is. Can you please explain the warrant? Okay. Well, a warrant is an opportunity. Let's say you invest $10,000 and you get $10,000 with a stock. If you get a, a 100% warrant, meaning a full coverage warrant, it's an opportunity to buy another $10,000 with a stock at a predetermined price. So let's say that you invested at five cents and you get a warrant for five cents. A year from now, the stock is, I'm just hypothetically saying, let's say it's uh, 50 cents. You can still buy that same stock for five cents. Your, your price is guaranteed. So it's, you're kind of rolling the dice there. But the good news is it doesn't cost you anything. It's an opportunity to purchase down the road if the conditions are right. And you can also do something called, in many cases, we have something called cashless exercise, which means you just trade pieces of the warrant back and forth and you don't have to pay. That's not the most brilliant thing to do if the stock's gone up a lot because you're going to give, give up a lot of cheap stock, but it's a way to do it. And again, thank you all. It's been a wonderful evening uh, talking things over with you. I love where things are going. Stay tuned for a a magical, wonderful new website and a lot of PR activities as we roll out Water on Demand, a fintech for clean water. Good night, everyone.